From inside Memorial Stadium in the Huskers Radio Network studio, it's time for the Sideline Scoop with our Husker great NFL vet, Big Red Analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Here's your host, Jessica Cooty. And we welcome you back into another edition of the Sideline Scoop with Searles. I'm Jessica Cootie with Jeremiah Searles. And uh, you're rocking the shades. There's a good reason for that. You can see my shirt. I got the Tom Osborne shirt. Uh, a big announcement coming out from the university. Tom Osborne has his own clothing line. It's amazing. NIL deals are just, they're just flying off the shelf. <laughs> Tom Osborne's getting involved in it. It's just, it's free for all. It's a free for all. I mean, you got some more swag that I you're going to be rocking. I got some swag. I mean, it is an awesome line. Check it out, uh, shop.huskers.com. You can find all of that there. But uh, they did a really great job with it. It's been a long time in the works. But, of course, a legend like Tom Osborne has got to get his own line. And half of the proceeds go into teammates, which is a great org organization. I mean, it's not surprising that Coach Osborne's doing something to give back to someone else. I mean, that's all that guy's done since, really, he was a coach. He just wants to help other people. He really wants to just find ways to help the community and continue through that. So we'll be rocking on the sideline for the 90-minute pregame show as we get that kicking off on Facebook Live as long as uh, – I hope they maybe made some rain gear. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> Tom Osborne poncho would be helpful be for great. us on uh, Saturday, but we'll see. Um, I, I, I had to bring that up. up. I had to bring that up first because I thought people might think um, – if you were trying to disguise puffy eyes, how did you respond? Mm. I mean, I always ask you how the players respond, yeah. but how did you respond? You were pretty devastated I on was, Saturday. Uh, I was an angry person until about 5 p.m. Sunday night, and uh, I was a poor parent. <laughs> I was a poor father. I just locked my kids in, like, an area of the house and just moped and watched NFL football day. And my wife was like, are you going to, like, snap out of your Husker hangover here? I was like, it matters to me, dang it. So uh, it, took me, it took me a solid day to get over that one just – the manner in which we found a way to lose was just almost unfathomable. But I feel like I've said that multiple times in the last few years. That being said, though, I mean, there were points of that game, especially in the second half, when Nebraska was just straight-up dominant. Mm. And Trev Alberts talked about that on his show last night. I mean, it's been a while since Nebraska has looked that dominant in a football game. Yeah, I mean, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I was looking back on that game as I watched the tape, and – the team defense that they're playing is remarkable. And the reason I say that is I compared their performance on Twitter after the game to 2009's defense, which every Husker fan knows was, I mean, number one in the country. You had Sue, you had Prince Mukamari, you had all these NFL talent. And then I compare it to this 2021 defense, and I look at it, and they're playing similar style defense, but this defense doesn't have the superstar power that 2009 has. It doesn't have the two or three first-round picks on that defense, but the way that they're playing together, the way they all trust their job, the way that Chenander has just put on these guys their ability to open up the playbook and he trusts every single guy that steps on that field to know what they're doing, to be in the right spots, is really fun to watch. And mostly, they play with their hair on fire. Yeah, they do. This defense flies to the football. They're running to the ball. There's nobody loafing. And you're going to win a lot of football games when you play team defense the way the Huskers played the other night. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Chemistry, a lot is talked about on the offensive side and how it clicks on that side. But I think you're really seeing how well a unit can work when they're playing together. And it's you just did your film breakdown, which, by the way, you can check out right now on, on social media platforms. But just the way that everybody does their job and there's no letdown. And so that kind of is what 
why teams can't have any success because it's usually if one guy doesn't do their job, that's usually when, you know, there's a, a breakdown. But this is a, every single guy on the football field is doing their job, and they're embracing that. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about it is I think that if someone didn't do their job, they'd hear about it from the other people mm -hmm. on the field. Yeah. If 10 guys did their job and the one guy didn't, and Scott Frost touched on this a little bit in his press conference after the game, the other 10 guys would be like, hey, dude, Get your together, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's going to be yeah. very, it's very much like that because they have set a standard, and the standard's been set, and the standard doesn't change. It doesn't matter if freshman, senior, starter, backup, ro I mean, rotational guy. There's a standard for this black shirt defense, and everyone who steps on that field is held to that standard. And like I said, if you can hold everyone to that standard, you're going to smother a lot of teams. Michigan State didn't know what to do. They they ran screens, they ran counters, they ran jet sweeps, they ran play actions. It didn't matter. They were smothered in that second half. And when I've been on the side of the ball and the offensive side, when that's happened to you, nothing more frustrating in the world. Oh, I, I can only imagine. You know, we've had a lot of questions about a letdown. And it, at some point, is the defense going to get frustrated? Are they going to have, you know, not come out as confident? Are they going to, you know, have a letdown because they can't get on the win side of things? But I actually think, and I've said this all week, that the confidence is continuing to grow. I mean, look what they did. Like you said, they completely shut down a team where they could absolutely do nothing. And that's the number one running back in the, in the country going into that. Um, but I feel like they've got more confidence than ever going into this. And they're again, playing for each other, but then also there's a lot of guys that want to play at the next level. How important is that to continue to putting out putting out your best film each and every week? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about wanting to play in the NFL, you got to stack consistent games together. And the NFL, it's no secret, they like winners. But they also like teams that know how to play team defense and like they can trust on. So you look at guys like JoJo Doman, Cam Taylor-Britt, um, I mean, Daniel's playing in the middle. He's going to give himself a chance. But these are all guys that want to play at the next level. But you bring it even back to – I think this defense has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to be like, we're going to be the reason we win games. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of probably got to be their mindset is we're going to make sure that we don't allow them to score more points on offense. Whether that's three points, seven points, ten points, we're just not going to let them do it. And that's a really fun thing to watch when a defense can try and take over a game like that, especially in this kind of league. I mean, you look at Wisconsin, right? They can't score. They might be better if they just caught the ball and punted every <laughs> single time and let their defense find a way. And in the Big Ten, you've got to play good team defense. And so I think there's a little bit more of a – instead of a letdown, it's a little bit more of a take the charge, take the challenge head on. I think that's Shenander's message. I think that's the leader's message is, hey, we're going to be the reason this team wins football games. And let's be real, it has been a long time since the defense at Nebraska has been the reason we won a lot of football games. So I think that's the mindset going forward for this defense. No letdown. I don't see a letdown happening. And they did not seem like they were tired at all. I mean, they ran 15 plays in the second half. Before, well, I know, but like, <laughs> you know, the Michigan State looked gassed yeah. at the end. But this is now, I mean, even at Oklahoma, they, they held up really well. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like they continue to kind of put forth their best football, even at the end of football games. And let's be real, we're still missing a couple pieces. Right. Casey Rogers has yet to break back into the rotation. We're getting Miles Farmer into the rotation more like – the more cast of characters that we're going to get in, the more rested a lot of these guys are going to be, the fresher they're going to be down the stretch because the Big Ten's a war of attrition as you get in October and November now. It's a war of who can stay healthy, who can stay available. The more guys we have in there, the less chance of injury, the more chance of success down the road. Okay, that was uh, the positive. I Let's knew you were going to do it. Flip. <laughs> I mean, what, you want to just skip to. over I it? Know. Part of me just wanted to just be like, all right, and that's it, and we'll talk to you. No, we got to talk about it. Okay. We got to talk about okay. it. Okay, yeah, we got to. So <sighs> let, let's talk about the offense, and let's start with Adrian Martinez. Oh, I mean, 
He, he has to go out, get X, gets x-rays, and, and comes back out. And just, I mean, again, another fantastic performance. He was kind of running for his life a lot and still was able to put together a heck of a performance. 21 of 38 dropbacks. He was hit, hurried, or sacked. 58%. And to still do what he did. I mean, we had seven sacks. If Adrian isn't who Adrian is, mm -hmm. we're looking at like a 14-sack game, which wow. as an offensive lineman makes you want to puke. And the ability that he has shown to keep calm in the pocket, the poise, the not losing it on his teammates because he's not getting a lot of help up front is remarkable. Did he miss some throws? Yeah. But when your first read is not your first pass read, it's where am I avoiding the rush from? You're going to miss some throws. And you, I talk about it with guys all the time. You just talk about in the league, keep your quarterback comfortable early so that he can get into a rhythm. First play of the game, we give him a sack. Mm -hmm. Quarterback's immediately not comfortable in the pocket. And that's an issue. And then also, we don't really have much of a run game going without him. So the dude's got his Superman cape on. And the problem is, you saw it. I mean, the dude got popped in the face is without him, I don't know where we turn. And so we got to find a way to not let him take the big hits, find a way to not have him be our leading rusher because we talked about the war of attrition on defense. He's got a physical defense that he's going to face each and every single week from here until the end of November. Him staying healthy, he historically has not been able to do. we got to find a way to not let him be carrying the ball as much as he is. Yeah, I mean, he's playing out of his mind. Unbelievable. I mean, we've said it, you know, for weeks in a row now. He's the best quarterback in Norman. He, you know, did so much on Saturday. But when he did go down, Logan Smothers came in and did a pretty I, solid job. I agree. I thought he came in, he played well. He operated the offense, he ran a couple options, he'd sling the ball. But, I mean, we might score on that drive. We don't drop off sides twice. I mean, the last thing you want to do is put your backup quarterback in a second and 20 situation where you're asking him to push the ball maybe a little further than he's comfortable. Or, But I thought he performed beautifully. The chances he's gotten in to go in this year against Fordham um, and with uh, against Michigan State, he's looked ready. And that's the biggest thing. It, the moment wasn't too big for Logan Smothers. And that's a big thing for confidence for a young man because he has not yet been asked to go lead us on a game-winning drive at the end of a game. He's gone in asked to perform, operate the offense at a high level, distribute the football, and he's done that. So that gives me a lot of confidence for that backup quarterback because all of us with the departure of Luke McCaffrey were going, what do we have behind us? Because we had no idea. Well, my confidence with Logan's growing each and every time I see him out there on the field. So everybody wants to know, and I know they're asking you a million questions on social media, how do you fix some of these O-line issues? I think there's going to be some I think there's going to be some butts on the bench this week that, uh, hey, guess what? You lost your opportunity. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know who. I mean, we can, we can speculate. Scott Frost on his press conference on Monday said we need to figure out our left guard and our right tackle. Okay, so we're talking about – I mean, left guard's already been in rotation the first four weeks of the year, right? Five, excuse me. It's been started with Piper, then went to Bando, then went to Hickson, then went back to Piper, then went back to Hickson last week. And so I think if Bando's back healthy this week, I would guess he might get the first crack at left guard. At right tackle, you then have to kind of speculate, okay, so what do we do? Do we, do we put Ezra Miller? I don't think so. I think if we were going to do anything, we would move Turner, Corcoran, to right tackle and maybe start true freshman Teddy, which, cool, also terrifying, but cool. <laughs> I mean, the dude's huge. He's 310 pounds. He's 650, whatever. But the upside is great. The ceiling's very high. But you big, big dice gamble when you start a left tackle that's never played – 70 plays before and it's a big 10 game night game at home against a team that historically plays us tough but the good news is there's no werewolves coming off the edge here for northwestern 
they're a very vanilla defense. They've got sound players, good players, but they don't have a first, second, third, shoot, seventh round pick defensive end coming off the edge. This would be a good game to get him some reps there if this is direction you want to move forward at guard and tackle. Do you worry about confidence and how do yes. you fix that? Yes. Because, I mean, it's a young group. Yep. We, we talked about that last week. You have to keep in mind that a lot of these players on this line have not played a lot of college football. They haven't played it together, and which, again, takes time to build that chemistry. But how do you, how do you fix that confidence issue? You've got to go out and just find a way to dominate an opponent at one mm -hmm. point in time. It, there's no cure. There's no magic snap of the fingers for confidence. And I grew through that. I mean, I started as a redshirt freshman at left tackle in 2010. And I took my lumps. I mean, I absolutely took my lumps throughout that year. What was the worst year. one? I mean, I played against Alden Smith and Von Miller that year when they were both seniors, the second and the sixth overall pick. So, yeah, I took my yeah. lumps. And the difference around me was I had a veteran offensive line around me mm -hmm. that could pick me up and say, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. This is a lot of young guys, and I think all of them turned to one man, Cam Jurgens, And that's a big shoulder for him to try and help both guards, both tackles, and build himself up. The only cure is to go out and physically dominate someone else and know you can do it. I've watched these dudes put guys on the ground. I've watched them just bury guys. But it's about just knowing you can do it and doing it consistently. And then in the pass protection game of things, it's all technique. A lot of these guys, they're, they're really close. I mean, Turner's so close to being a dominant pass protector when he can figure out his hands and his waistband. The big thing with Bryce Benhart now is he's oversetting everything. And that's just a, a fear of, man, they're getting around me and all of a sudden you leave the inside gate open. At guards, we just really got to make sure we get on guys and stay on guys, keep our hands locked out. I mean, I studied this tape hard to try and see what was going on on that offensive line. And it's small technique issues. But I, I know Coach Austin is coaching the right thing. So I'm I just not real sure where the disconnect is between practice to game. And the talent is there, too. I, I think the talent on the edges is okay. there. Um, Mitch Schichterman is a solid player. Fifth-year guy. He is who he is. He's going to play hard. He's got his, his limitations. But overall, he's playing solid. But the left, the left guard and the left tackle are young players that you're like, come on, man, you got, it's time to take that next jump. We're five weeks into this thing. It, it's time to take that next jump. It's time you're no longer a young guy. You've played more football, Turner Corcoran, than 90% of this roster because you're on the field every single snap. It's time for you to no longer – it's time for you to step up. Nut up, man. It's time to go. And there's a lot of guys for those things that it's just time. There's no more excuses. And Scott's frustrated. Greg's frustrated. Husker Nation is frustrated, but until it matters enough to them to just be like, screw it, I'm just going to run off the football and try and kill someone, it won't matter. Because I was having this conversation today at the gym with my buddies, like, you teeter on a fine line as an offensive lineman of playing under control, playing within yourself, but also that little bit of crazy of like, mm -hmm. hey, yeah. if I hurt you and bury you, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I want to physically assault you in between the whistles over and over and over again until you quit. Right. That's where you have to have that teeter, that line. And, and I don't see that a lot from these guys. I don't see the, the – you've got to be a little bit of a, a prick. You, you just have to have that in you. And I need to see more of that from these guys. And uh, I talked to a lot of linemen that used to play here. They agree with me. So uh, Scott Frost said in, in his presser on uh, Monday that he was in the special teams meeting. And I did a, a sit-down interview with um, Austin Allen. He said it's – been about the fieriest that he's seen Scott Frost um, in, in a long time and I think it's been pretty intense week of practice what would you how would you gauge what's kind of going on inside the locker room and at practices every day this week well first of all if I'm a black shirt and I'm a I'm a starter I'm the first one in there going put me on the punt team mm -hmm. put me on this kickoff return team I mean I love that we get walk-ons and we get young guys on the special teams unit but screw that 
it, it's time. We got to win games, man. Put me out there. I'll run an extra 20 plays on special teams if it means we get this thing right. If I'm a starter on defense, or if I'm a rotational guy, if I'm a Chancellor Brewington, or I'm a, I'm a backup running back, if I'm Ramir Johnson and I'm not getting the start this week, hey, I'll be a gunner on punt. I'll go down. It's time to take that leadership of, hey, we'll just do it all if we have to. And I think that that's a mindset shift. Dijon Gomes actually tweeted that, and I was like, I love that. Mm -hmm. He played Blackshear. But I think the biggest thing is just, hey, there's no more excuses. There's no more chance to turn the other eye. There's, it's time to win. And this is what's holding us back from winning, so we're going to fix it. And I think that that's got to be the mindset. I think it is the mindset from listening to some of the guys this week and reading some quotes. And I can see this team coming out with a hair on fire, ready to roll. And this could be a game I could see us blowing them out of the water. And gosh, how great would that be? I mean, I know that historically that's not what these games have been like, but I think this team is that close to turning a big corner. Yeah, I was about to transition to Northwestern, and this has been a series that's been a oh, battle. Man. Why Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> Even when I, when I first got in the league here, we were favored. They came in here in 2011, and we were favored to win by like two touchdowns, and this guy named Kane Coulter showed up and ran for all 400 <laughs> yards and beat us. And we were like, what the heck? I mean, we go to Northwestern the next year, it's like, last minute field goal that they missed for us to win and then the following year my senior year was the hail Mary. it's just these two teams battle each other and i don't you could throw the records i don't care if we were five and oh and they were five and oh or they were oh and oh they don't they're gonna battle but i think this is a year after studying them talent wise we have a big gap on them and i mean what fitzgerald does there is pretty remarkable with what he's allowed to recruit the, the academics to get in and you kind of see every year they go kind of like seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, and then back down to five, six, seven wins, and they build themselves up. We're kind of catching them on a down year, and we're also catching them on where we're starting the upswing. I like us a lot in this matchup. I think physically, defensively, they, they can't do anything against us if we play the way we've been playing. And offensively, we can sure up some stuff on the offensive line. We should be able to go score 30 points on these guys. So what, I mean, besides that, I mean, is there any areas to kind of watch for where can Nebraska really take advantage of Northwestern in this one? Yeah, so I think the, the, outside, run, the outside zone scheme against Northwestern, they play a very base front. They play a 4-3 front. They like it in just four guys. There are three linebackers in there. We're going to spread them out a little bit and make them run because they do have as some athletic limitations at linebacker. They lost their stud, Patty Fisher, who felt like he was there forever. Um, <laughs> and so they have some guys that are new in spots. But again, they're not much new, five weeks into this thing now. But I can see us trying to get them running laterally, the stretch and sink. Ramir Johnson's going to get, my guess, more carries. He's really shouldered the low. Sevion Morrison being the power back. He's had some good runs last week. The downhill run game should hurt these guys. Ohio did it all right on them, but Ohio's not a very good football team. Michigan State trounced them with the downhill run scheme on week one. And I know it's a long way from week one, but that's the blueprint of how to beat this Northwestern is downhill run, get those linebackers to come up, commit, and then bounce things outside like Kenneth Walker did. I can see us doing a lot of that this week. And then uh, what about the Northwestern offense? Where can maybe uh, you feel like the black shirts take advantage of the Northwestern offense? The big thing with them is they're going to run a lot of split zones, some eye candy with guys going in motion. Our, our eye discipline at linebacker needs to be very good this week um, because they're going to try and create new gaps with motions and at snap, pre-snap, post-snap motions where guys are moving all over. we got to make sure we just stay disciplined in our gap techniques and our sounds in that but the big thing is the aggressiveness of our defense should really keep them on their heels i don't we need to keep them off schedule northwestern lives to be in second and five third and three we need them in hey first and ten oh shoot second and twelve okay third and eight they don't have the home run threat at receiver that's going to be able to go get on us they don't want to run 
15-yard routes. I mean, shoot, we were watching them. I think it was against Illinois or Wisconsin. They were down like three touchdowns, and they took like a nine-minute drive because all they do is throw five-yard crossing routes over and over and over again. It's in their DNA. But we need to get them off schedule, keep them in second and long, third and long, and just really pin our ears back and go get after this quarterback. First night game inside Memorial Stadium. I mean, what is that like as a player? Oh, it's so cool. There, there's nothing like running out here under the lights and you look at the student section and people are roaring and crazy because they've been drinking bush lattes all day. <laughs> and it's a fun, fun atmosphere. It's one of the coolest places at night that you'll get to see with the lights and the energy will be there. It's homecoming week. Osborne will be on the stage. I mean, I don't probably Crouch will be back. A lot of guys will be back and the energy will be there. And the thing is, we need to maintain that energy and smother Northwestern with that energy and not even let them get off the ground. Uh, what, what about the stretch moving forward? And again, we, have, we said it at the beginning, you've got to take it one game at a time. But you're finally going to get to be at home for, what, four out of the next five games yep. and some big games ahead. And so um, I know, again, and this team will maintain that they're focusing on this week, but... We don't have to. Well, we can. How, we can. How, we can look ahead. How big would that be to to come out and dominate a Northwestern team and get some confidence going into when you got Michigan coming in here for another primetime game on ABC? Momentum is huge. I mean, you look at where we are. Okay, we're sitting at two and three, and you look at our schedule. And it's even me. Sometimes I've looked at it twice or three times. We going, can we really win the next four? And I know that's asking a lot of this team. But if I'm thinking we can win the next four, I mean, okay, we were in three of the next four. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. And I think it's doable. I think our defense is good enough to keep us in all four of these next games. The offense and the special teams got to get it going. But the fact that we're even saying that at this point of year, I'm okay with. And I'm okay because confidence in college football, anything can happen. So win this week, build some more confidence, go into Michigan, play your cleanest football game, and who knows what could happen. All right, uh, give us a player to watch, offense, defense. Uh, I'm going to go offense. I'm going to go whoever starts at left tackle. I, I, don't, I don't know who yeah. it's going to be. Um, I don't know whoever starts at both tackles. I mean, I don't know who it's going to be. If it's going to be Teddy, it's going to be Corcoran, or who gets the nod at right tackle. Is it Ben Hart? Or is, does he have to bounce back from last week, or is he sitting on the bench? Watch those tackle spots on offense. I don't, again, I wish I knew who it was. I don't. But watch those two on offense. Then you flip over onto the defensive side of the ball, and – Garrett Nelson, man, I'm going to mm-hmm. say it again. The, the, the dude is playing at an absolute elite level right now, and it's really fun to watch. So just keep watching how, I mean, the quote from JoJo, that like the desire to be great burns deep in his chest. You can see it by the way he plays, and I think he fuels the rest of that defense. Yeah, I was going to say that. It, it is um... – there's a lot of guys that seem to be playing about like that, and I think a lot of it is, is fed off of some of those big plays he's making. Yeah, I mean, TFLs and sacks and pass breakups, and he's just he, – when there's a play that needs to be made, look for number 44 because he's going to be around the ball. All right, well, there you have it. That's this, week edi- this week's edition of the Sideline Scoop with Searles. We'll be live 90 minutes out from kickoff, I believe starting, what, about 5 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Uh, Facebook Live, all throughout warm-ups, leading, taking you up to kickoff. You'll see all the pregame festivities. There's going to be a lot of those going on on Saturday. Maybe try to get some superstars on the show with us. So uh, tune in then. That's 5 o'clock. Jeremiah will also be on the radio broadcast call of this one as well. So Northwestern and Nebraska coming up at 6.30. Primetime homecoming, and it should be a fun one. Thanks for listening.